0: And now,
1: weighing in out of the blue
0: corner, John the Pong Thompson, hundred percent. And on the other side, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy nice. Well, hello, and another edition of the Weighing In podcast is coming your way, number three oh one. Something you'll never get in a bowling game with Josh Thompson, who is a tremendous (laughs) bowler. He's told me how great he is at bowling. That is one of his specialties. I don't know why, but he's a bowler. So, for everyone out there, if you want a bowling match, Josh is your man. What's happening, dude? John, I'm also a compulsive liar, so that's (laughs)
1: That you slurped <laughs> that up is hilarious. No, uh, I can bowl. Baby. I can bowl. I have I've had a couple good scores. Never had a 300 though. I've never had a 300. I've had a 369 and a 372. A 369 two, and a 372? I believe, yeah. Sorry, two. Sorry, two. Yeah, 369 two, and a 372. Three, maybe 301. <laughs> See? There I go, lying yeah, again. 301's no. nothing. Two. There 269 and 272. What did I get? The threes? Man. All right. But, hey, I want you guys to go ahead. I'm going to plug our Clips channel right now. Make sure you guys go down to the description. Hit that little link down there in the descriptions. That'll take you to our Clips channel. Hit the subscribe button. Smash that button. We do special content for you guys on that Clips channel. This week, we're gonna do MMA history, talking about Gilmore Landis, somebody that I know very well. John, John knows I know this guy very well. Fantastic fighter. L- lots of history with him. I've spent a lot of time in the cage with him throwing blows, having fun, conversation in between, and hey, Melendez versus Sanchez, respect for both fighters, fantastic fight. I actually, even in this fight, was on the side, watching it live, and did the commentary for the UFC during that fight on the side, not like how John does commentary for the Bellator fights. I was outside on the cage with Paul Wall. And uh, what was the other guy from the the baseball? Clemens. Roger you Clemens. You were with the Rocket. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why you had the Rocket. Let's just all be real. Science diet. All wow. right. And then we're also going to cover a little extra Dan Hardy versus Dana White. Eek. Ooh, some, some shots were being thrown, man. Eek. All right. We're going to get into that a little bit. You know, and I like Dan Hardy. <clears throat> Everyone knows I'm a big fan of Dana White. So we're being that. fired across the bow. Yes, but these are two special shows that we're going to do. That's only available on our Clips channel. So make sure you go down to the description, hit the link there, go to our clips channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the little notifications. You get, you'll get rung up all sing all, all day for our extra content that we do for you guys there. Dave's got a little history though. That he's going to pull up for us as well. And I sent Dave over a picture because it involves my man, Big John McCarthy. So go ahead, Dave. What Let's pull this do? up. Let's pull this up. I was able to get that, Let's that picture. Oh my God. Talk That's to me, goose. That is a long time ago. <laughs> this apparently oh. a fan sent this to me. I'm I, sorry. I, I should have kept his name on my phone. I didn't really. Uh, he sent it to me through my DMs in on Instagram. He goes, Hey, I was at the same seminar. At, like, Hoist was there. I think Hickson was there. It was, uh, the, I guess, the original Gracie um, who helped start the UFC. This is a seminar that they had all done. I think you had told me the story. You went there originally, and he has pictures of you here. This is the main one that was clean. Can you talk to me a little about this? Tell me. This was the seminar you first went,
0: and you told me a story about this. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. This, is, I believe Go ahead. that this was, I, man, I, you know what? I, I'm being honest. I don't remember. Oh no, (laughs) went so I did so many different things. And I well, I'm I'm being honest because as I look, I think that this was a seminar that was put on either after UFC two or three. Oh because if you look, you can take a look at that picture. You see Horion sitting down there, you see Elio Gracie there next to Horion. I'm next to Horian, and then Elio Gracie's on the other side. If you go straight up, that's Guy Mesger, and so Fair. I believe he was at that. There, there's a, there's a guy in the back named Hardy, I know, and all kinds of, Man, that's from a lot. There was a lot of people at those damn seminars. Yeah, well, a, Dave, that was, that was Dave, good time. Dave has the the poster for it, so maybe
1: that'll break down a little bit more. Dave, I sent you over the poster. You can pull that up too. You, there was a poster
2: with it. See, I have no Wait, freaking clue. I'm lost. Sent me a poster. <laughs> yeah, well, did, did, oh yeah, you did send see the poster. I did, I did send
1: you the poster. Post. Remember, you said, "Oh, did this I have before never that seen had that picture." I've yeah. never seen
0: that picture, Josh.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, now apologize. you have, and that one now, I can have Dave send it to you. There's another one. There's another picture with you in the background, leaning against the wall with your arms crossed, watching uh one of the techniques being shown. But you were kind of far away, so I didn't
0: really bother sending it to Dave. Okay, you see right here. That was that would have been at UFC three. Oh okay. Cuz it's you're talking about Charlotte, North Carolina, that's exactly okay. where it was at uh the event and stuff. So that would have been all the way back. You can see the date, man. Saturday, September 9th and 10th, 1994. Jeez, my god. Jeez, damn, that's a long time ago. Dave, Woo! were you Dave, were you born yet? Yeah.
1: Dave. Yeah. What? I'm pretty sure I was dressed up as Power Rangers. <laughs> you, you oh, you're dressed up in Power Rangers? Or you had you dyed your hair like Eminem yet? Yeah. That was just just
2: wondering. Uh, not quite. Not quite. <laughs>
1: not quite Eminem. Yet. Not quite the generic Eminem from Scotland. Not quite
2: Eminem. Scotland. I don't even know if Eminem was M&M no, yet. What? What? <laughs> Eminem wasn't M&M yet.
1: Oh man. That's crazy. 75, yeah. what, 75, what is that?
0: $90 for at the door. 75 in advance, 90 at the door and $20 just for you to stand there and watch. Wow. Wow. Ooh, that's yeah, a, that's a, a there's a lot of people ago, there too. though. That's a, that's a there's There's a lot of, of, oh there, there was a lot of people with those things a lot of people you were you're were talking there was sometimes a couple hundred people in those rooms it was wow. crazy how many people would come to those <clears throat> Wow this is but interesting it's funny you know, well it's funny you know the best part of it is you know one of the one of the great pleasures of my life and when I say that when it comes to jiu-jitsu is the man there Elio Gracie mm-hmm. was one of the, the, the nicest individuals you could ever meet now he didn't speak good English and I didn't speak good Portuguese. But we always had, you know, conversations, uh, you know, back and forth with an interpreter and stuff. And but, you know, he was when I met him, he was eighty years old, and uh, he would roll all the time. And so, you know, and if you were if you were rolling, he would he would tell you to come over and roll with him. And it was like one of the greatest honors you could have, but it was also one of the worst experiences <laughs> you could have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I'm I'm saying this with the utmost of respect because look, you know, he was 80 years old, but he, I'm telling you, he had a grip that was freaking incredible for an 80 year old man. He would hold on to that damn gi and stuff. And he would sit there and he would try to cross choke you all the time. Right. And so you're sitting there and you're going, I'm okay. I'm okay. And you're like, I can't really do anything because it's like disrespectful. Okay. (laughs) And so you're, and so you, you, you're just rolling with him and it's like, this can get really irritated because he's I mean he he was strong I mean he would sit yeah. there try to choke the hell out of you and it was like this is one of the greatest experiences it's also kind of sucks yeah but I love the man. He was fantastic. John had no neck back
1: then when he was trying to choke you with the cross collar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like,
0: no, I didn't.
1: Oh, man. But then you, uh, <clears throat> what was the very first uh, – how you got into this, right? Was you were a police officer at the time and you went to a, a Hickson? Yeah. Or which which uh, seminar did you go to for the first time and you saw someone get choked out? And then no, you demonstrated no, no. a move or something? What was
0: it? My whole thing started – do you remember the Rodney King incident? Oh,
1: yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, you know, I am was, that old, ladies you know, and gentlemen. In LA, somewhere, you know, that happened. I think March of '91. Yeah, and uh, from that, they the LAPD realized, oh, hitting someone with a steel pipe or a very hard rubber, you know, baton is not the greatest way to get someone to comply. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> duh. And so they put together this what they called. Uh, an arrest and control and they put this martial arts review board and for whatever reasons I ended up being on that martial arts review board. And there was a demonstrator that came out and I ended up doing something with him and it didn't go quite well for him. And I got back up and sat down and Horian Gracie came up and sat next to me. And I had heard of the Gracies, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything really I mean, I didn't I didn't know him by sight or anything like that. And he started talking to me and he says, you know, where do you train? And I said, well, I'm a police officer up here. He says, no, where do you train? And we just started going back and forth. And he asked me if I wanted to come train with him. And I said, yeah, I would love to. And when he said his name, I knew exactly what he did. I knew he was ground fighting and things like that. And he goes, so so when are you going to come? And I go, well, you know, just tell me the time. He goes, today. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) Yeah, I went down there and I went and trained with him. And I rolled with hoist and hoist armbarred me and I fell in love with it. And I, that was the start for me. And that's how it all, all happened. That's so funny. Man. I got, got my ass beat. I, I did good that day and I got my ass beat that day. So it was all good.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I had, I started at this small little spot up in Idaho, came back down, started training jiu-jitsu back down this way at, you know, at AKA trained with Frank Shamrock. And then, um, you know, I started getting pretty good at jiu-jitsu and had a wrestling background, a little bit of kickboxing. But it's funny because, you know, Hoist being, he was what? Maybe 185 soaking wet? 75, 85? 180. 180? he yeah, was 180. Somewhere around there, right? Yeah. So So you had a guy that was about 180 arm barring you. How much were you about that? 240, 225, 230?
0: 295. Oh, 295. 295. Oh, Jesus. I was huge. <laughs> I was yoked. So. I was not fat either. Yeah, I, I've se- I've seen that those
1: rocky. I've seen you in those rocky shorts, man. Yeah, big legs, big back, big shoulders, no neck. I get it. Um, yeah. And then uh I remember I started getting better at Jiu-Jitsu, and then I had you know I was with uh, the Zinkins had just merged with Crazy Bob, and all this stuff was going on uh, for Zinkin Entertainment Management, and with Bob Cook, and they had just signed Bobby Lashley, and everyone knows how big Bobby Lashley is. He's a big guy. And yep. uh we were all together well, in Bobby Vegas. Bobby
0: was big Bobby was put together as a wrestler when he was
1: Yes. He wrestled in college. But he wrestled 211s, but he looked like he was about two forty. So yes. we were in Vegas all together one time and we were goofing around or whatever, and he started fucking around with me. And right there, like on this little like on this chair couch thing or whatever, I arm barred him and he couldn't get me off. And so he just lifted me up. And then bang my head on the ceiling until I fucking let go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the best.
1: Oh, I was like, you son of a bitch. So it was great though. He was like, man, he's like, and then, you know, later on, we're getting back after it again or whatever. And I tapped him, but it was funny. He's, he couldn't, the second time was kind of in a different area in a, in a suite. It was in Dwayne's suite the second time. And, uh, the ceilings were a little bit higher. (laughs) And so it worked out for me better that way, but it was funny, man. Yeah, but it's just funny because you have jujitsu was created for the smaller guy beating the bigger guy, and and uh, it was. Yeah. And did it kind of uh, open your eyes to that? This is the re- this is the reality of the way that self defense is going.
0: You know, it, it opened my eyes into the you know, every guy I don't you know that is competitive and been in like wrestling and that you get that ah, uh, like I, no one's beating me. Yeah. And, you know, I got to a certain point where, you know, I, I had boxed for a while and, you know, wrestled and I felt really comfortable with everything. And then when I saw when I when I went with hoist, it was, you know, I was crushing weight down on him. I was, you know, just smashing and he was very calm and relaxed. And that kind of bothered me. It bothered me that he I was not affecting him in a way. And then when all of a sudden, you know, he swung into the arm bar and I, you know, my arm was getting stretched and I realized, i'm fucking i'm fucked right here you know and i i talked because it was well it was you know the whole thing was you know supposed to be it was hey we're just gonna you know roll and train and but i realized if he can do that there's somebody else out there that could possibly i gotta learn how to do that yeah and it was it was one you know it opened up a chapter of my life that i'm living now let's just be honest because if it wasn't for that moment you know i was i was lucky enough to you know there's all kinds of things with the family there, and to this day, I will love Hoist forever. Yeah. Hoist is one of the the best people you will ever meet. He's great, love him to death. Love his brothers. Hickson's one of the greatest individuals you will ever, you know, have the the rare opportunity to spend time with if you do, and and you you just see what kind of person he is, mm-hmm. just phenomenal. And so, and you know, the old man was that way. Yeah. He was just, you know, incredible, and and to see what. You know, the the guys that were, I mean, we're talking toddlers. We're talking younger than your, you know, your age kids. Yeah. You know, those were, you know, Huron and, and Henner when I met them. And, wow. and Halleck was just, you know, a toddler. I mean, it was like so crazy to see the, you know them as, as young men and see what they're doing now and stuff. So, it's all good.
1: A lot of history, man. A lot of history. I mean, like, that was what, yeah. this was what, 94, it says? Yeah, 94? So UFC three in yeah. 94, which is crazy because, I mean, I started training in nineties, end of 96. I think in 96, end of 96, I started training. I had my first fight probably, uh, end of 97. So a year later, I had my first fight. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a long time. I and mean, you think like the sport was just, just getting started, John.
0: I mean, I don't oh, remember, not it we, was
1: we, infant stages,
0: just, <laughs> infant stages, <laughs> just put so many things that happened and went on that, you know, there you know there things of the past but though you know i like i said i as soon as i saw the picture i go oh fuck yeah you know but i don't i didn't remember that yeah
1: Yeah. all right well it was That's i mean great. i'm glad who i can't Whoever remember the guy's it, thank name thank you yeah. very much yeah so we'll get that picture over to john <laughs> so he can he can try to post it what's up buddy podcast dave
2: don't you think it's crazy how like there's so much history there right like all like you know 30 years ago almost in that picture you know sports names in and say blah 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 that you guys would end up here being graced by me <laughs> oh, coming Jesus. into your lives and making Boy, you... Uh,
0: you know what? Man. This is how it all comes to a, to a head right there, yeah. Dave. Yeah. This, it was all of our hard work put us in a position to finally be able to actually work with you. To support a peasant. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I just... I just I just count my my lucky
2: stars. Yeah. Oh, good <laughs> Yeah. I'm glad you at least count them. I mean,
0: you know, John, we've
1: always tried to help the needy, and we just found you on the street, and we thought we'd pull you in give you a little <laughs> extra money. That's all we're working yeah. with. That's all we're working with. Podcast <laughs> Dave, what else you got for us? Where are we headed off now?
2: All right, so now we can get into some fight talk um, and look at UFC coming up this weekend. That UFC was Vegas. fight talk. Yeah, yeah. It was fight talk. Dave, okay, I'll give Dave. you that. <laughs> the only the only part podcast they have heard was
1: Bobby Lashley. That's all he heard. He didn't hear anything else than what <laughs> yeah, we were talking that's about. True. I said that's Bobby Lashley. Actually,
2: oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I even wrote it down in my notes. <laughs> oh, my god. Oh my goodness. So we have we have uh, UFC Fight Night 213, Cater versus
1: Arnold Allen. Well,
2: this should, Vegas 63. What? We call it, they call yeah, it Vegas it's, 63. It's Apex uh, okay. Vegas 63.
1: All right, all right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, my bad. It says UFC Fight Night 213, but I don't it does. Know. It does. Okay.
2: Technically, it's Fight, uh, it's fight Night um, 213, okay. but the UFC call it. Yeah. Okay.
1: So we have uh, Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. This should be a good fight. Uh, look, John, it should be a great fight. You, you really kind of opened my eyes to Arnold Allen. I mean, you've been getting a lot of things wrong lately, but this is one guy that you haven't been wrong on. Okay. So I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards yeah. Arnold Allen, somebody who is what 18 and one. I mean, he's, he's been really coming into his home as of lately. And Calvin Cater seems like he's kind of started finding his way back after the, uh, Max Holloway fight. Cause you know, I was a little concerned about him after that fight in terms of would he be the same guy? When you take shots the way he took shots in that fight, you know, those kind of fights take years off your life. Not only that, but they changed the way that you approach the game. And I was really surprised. Yeah. He did have a little bit of a slow start in his, ne- in his next fight, but then he came on and started having some good, and he started having a, started kind of fighting the way that he was. He just was, seemed a little gun shy early in his last fight. Then he got the rhythm and looked good. Arnold Allen, though, right now, it just seemed like the confidence is on track. He really brings a lot to the game. I think he's also going to be significant. Not, I wouldn't say significantly bigger, but he will have. I feel like a size advantage against Calvin Cater. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. John, use our promo code Wayne and tell everyone to use our promo code Wayne. And John, you tell them because they're tired of hearing me pitch this to everybody. So MyBookie.ag, use our promo code
0: Wayne. And John, tell them the rest. Use the promo code weighing in, and what that will do for you is you will get a little bit of extra cash, and on top of that, the best part of it with MyBookie.ag is you get to pull your money out after only using it one additional time. That means you get that win, play that money one more time, you get another win, take that money out, it's yours to spend, go buy dinner, go get a steak, I don't care, you're a winner, and you're going to do that winning with MyBookie. Show me the money! (laughs) <laughs> do you think I'll have a size advantage? I think lengthwise, I think they're very close Really, as far as height wise and, and the length of their arm. I think they're actually going to match up pretty well. My, my one question is this, does Arnold Allen step on the gas and put pressure on Calvin Cater? That's what I, that's what I need to see to, to, to let me know. Yep. He's made that, that last step that he needs to make because you know, and you've seen fighters that this guy's good. He's got all the talent in the world. He's got all the tools, but when he's doing well in a fight and he's getting by, it's okay just getting by. And Calvin's the kind of guy that can change that storyline pretty fast if you just let him hang in the fight. And so I want to see Arnold Allen actually try to finish him, try to get after him, try to make it, to where there's not going to be any judge's decision. Do me a favor, Dave, pull up Arnold Allen's last set of fights because it's the real question. If you take a look at his record and everything, he has started to get into this whole thing of, now he had the Dan Hooker, but decision, 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 decision. And it started happening. And I was like, man, you know, that just is not what he needs to be doing. So with this, I'm looking forward to seeing if he really gets after Calvin Cater. You know, and you can take a look, you know, a, a, you know, the submission win against Mads Burnell. If you get a submission against Mads Burnell, you're doing something right because that's a guy that understands the submission game and knows what he's doing. But he's fighting a much bigger guy, in my opinion, at the time. I guess, no, they were both 145. I, I was thinking he was at 155 at that time. But I look at it, this is, this is Arnold Allen's fight to shine. Mm-hmm. It really is. Is he going to do it? I'm not too sure. I love Calvin Cater. I think Calvin Cater is a stud. He comes to fight every time. He's good everywhere, but he likes to stick with his basics in the boxing game and using his hands and lighting people up with those hands. Can he do it against Arnold Allen? Yeah, but I think Arnold Allen's going to put him in places that are going to make it difficult at times because he, Arnold Allen will go after the takedown. He will try to use a ground-and-pound attack. He will you know, make it to where this is not just a stand-up fight, and so we'll see how Calvin adjusts to that. What where I lean towards
1: Calvin is he has the experience of going five rounds. He has the experience of being yes. on this uh, under the bright lights in the main Multiple event, times. like in that in that main event style stand, uh, fight. Those things play yep. a big factor when you're talking about someone who likes to just squeak out a three round or make sure that they have a dominant three rounds but not really trying to get them out of there. Those championship rounds yeah. could play against you if you don't If you don't try to get that finish when the opportunity presents itself. If you rock him, don't sit back and admire your work, like you're saying. Put a little extra pressure on him. Pressure. Make him fight off of his yeah. back foot. See what you can do. Also, the, the fact that Arnold Allen will try to get this takedown is that yeah. Calvin Cater will be a little bit more hesitant to throw big shots and throw more than three and four. He'll throw maybe one, two, maybe every occasion follow up with a three, but he won't throw a four and a five because he's afraid to yeah, potentially he won't want to step get, in with that. yeah, afraid of being taken down. Um, the other thing I think with Arnold Allen is that Calvin Cater is a very great boxer has, doesn't utilize his kicks as yep. much as he should. He's got great kicks. He just doesn't utilize them as much. Arnold Allen, though, is a dog in that clinch work. He presses them, gets in there, elbows, knees. I think he's gonna hang on him a little bit. I think he poses threats in that position. Calvin Cater is so clean with his stand up. He's a, like a technician, someone who looks almost like a very, um, a tech like almost like a very technical style stand up guy or boxer. But those mm-hmm. don't tend to fare well against someone who is a dirty and grimy fighter. And I think Arnold Allen is like more of a dirty and grimy fighter who can mix it up everywhere from the wrestling to the grappling to the elbows against the fence, knees clinch, hanging on the head, all of those things. I think I give the advantage to Arnold Allen in this fight because he can take it in so many different ways, whereas Calvin Cater gets into a rhythm and a routine of just trying to box and not utilizing his kicks as much as he could or should, I should say. I mean, that's what I've seen from him as of lately, John, With the, with the same thing with the Max Holloway fight. He got sucked into just boxing. Use more kicks. Use, oh, yeah.
0: You know, get in there on the ground. Well, and that one almost got it. That one almost got into well, who's the better boxer. Yeah. You know, but when you're not winning that, yeah, you got to make some it's game an MMA changes. Fight. But you got to make some game changes
1: when you're not. Absolutely. You got to be able to adapt during the fight when it's not going your way. And he just, it wasn't, he wasn't able to get it to work. And there was no changing as the fight was going on. It was getting worse and worse as the fight went on. So. Um, I'm gonna lean towards Arnold Allen. Look, confidence is key. Can you pull up Calvin Cater's record? So he's he's the Max Holloway. I think he's had two fights since then. Correct? It's a little bit of a, since Max, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a little bit of a lot. He
0: had a, a beautiful win against Giga Chikadze, and then he had the really ah, tough I fight, a fight that a lot of people thought he won. Against Josh Emmett, so it was close. Yeah, it was close. It was it was a close fight. But see, look at that. His last four fights have been five
1: rounds, John. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of fights and a lot of experience in those championship rounds where Arnold Allen doesn't have that experience. And understanding. look, will Arnold Allen also be, will he be someone that, oh, I rocked him, but oh, no, if I go too hard, am I going to get tired in the fourth and the fifth round? Calvin Cater's not worried about that. He's put in the work, and he knows he can go a hard five rounds. He knows it. Arnold Allen may believe it, but will he be able to achieve it? I know that's kind of cheesy what I just did, but, Ooh, very nice. but you, it's one thing to believe it, but can you achieve it in that kind of situation where you know that, that Calvin Cater can take a shot. He can survive on the ground. He's a dog. He's someone that will fight you everywhere. He'll defend the takedowns. Well, if he, if Arnold Allen exerts too much energy trying to get those takedowns or he rocks him and then does he go, okay, I can't get him out of here. I'm, I'm losing my wind. Do I dial it back or do I keep trying to chase after it? And if he chases after it too much and doesn't get him out of there, how does he react to that? There's a lot, there's a lot to be answered. I think in this fight with Arnold Allen, as much as you're high on him and I'm high on him, Calvacator's got a lot more of higher level experience of fighting in those fourth and fifth rounds and those championship rounds.
0: No doubt. No doubt about that. And that's Shit. what makes it an intriguing fight. If you're going to look at right now, What they do and everything, I'm giving it to Arnold Allen. I think he's got that skill set right now that is more complete. And he's able to use it when he wants. But fight IQ and just presence of being in those type of fights, being in big pressure fights, all of that, Calvin Cater by far has got more experience, more time. you know, And he's been in with, if you're going to look at it, he's been in with better competition overall than Arnold Allen has
1: you know i wanted to bring something up to you real quick because i i forgot to talk about it earlier But this is completely not fighting guys sorry let me i'm gonna jump some we had two earthquakes here today in san jose we had two earthquakes here today in san jose one was a 5.4 and another one was a 3.7 i That's
0: just wanted to say the relief of pressure it, it's like the state taking a fart yeah i, w- I <laughs> wish it would i gas- i wish it would gas on, some of these people be- out of here <laughs> <laughs> be honest how long have you lived in California? Uh, pretty much my whole life. Yeah. I was here in 89. Do you 89. ever worry about earthquakes? No. <laughs> no. I was there in 71. I was there in yeah. 94. All Do you ever worry about No. No. It's like, you get your like, Yeah. Oh, the earth's moving. Okay. Maybe that's kind of cool. Yeah. It is seeing, weird. It is weird. If you're in a high rise oh. in like the big city and that thing starts moving, it's like, ooh, just ain't good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but no, today I was I was at the gym and it was moving, moving the walls around. I was like, ooh, this is, okay. It didn't last long, only about six, seven seconds, not too long. Yeah. We read another one. It's not good on if you're doing shark. squats at that time. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny because I was watching, uh, DC, shout out to my boy DC and RC. They did their, they were doing their show and right when DC was filming it, the, his, you could see his screen start to shake and he brought Starts it up moving. Made, started it. They were filming right when it yeah. happened. So he brought it up and I thought it was pretty funny because I was actually laying back, getting a massage and I was in the gym and just watching. I was like, oh, this is, this is crazy. Everyone's like, hey, did you feel that? Yeah. All right, sorry. I had to get, I had to get that off my because I know I'd forget about it and I wanted to bring it up because I'm a total dork. Anyways, let's talk about Tim Means versus
0: Max Griffin. Tim Means against Max Griffin. That's a really a good matchup as far as, like, Tim Means has got so much experience. He's been there, done that for so long. I used to, you know, I did Tim Means fights when he was fighting in King of the Cage and stuff, man, and he was killing everyone there. And I was like, why is this guy staying? At this level, he needs to move up and he you know, finally did. It. And he's had a hell of a career in the UFC. He's really done well. Sure. He's had ups and downs. Max Griffin is that guy, man. The speed's going to be a problem in the beginning for Tim. Tim's going to have to try to make this. You know, he's called the dirty bird for a reason. And he needs to make it a smart but dirty, grimy fight. He needs to get into the clinch. Use those elbows and knees that he, he uses so well. And be, it, be a tactician in tight in close quarter combat he's got a good chance that if he allows max griffin to stay on the outside it's going to be a hard long night for tim means because max griffin's got power he's got speed and he's got youth on his side
1: yeah you call it a dirty bird is the word he's got to make sure that he's that dirty grimy fighter get in that clinch hang on him slow him down press him to the fence knees and elbows against the fence potentially try to mix it and tired Potentially trying to mix in a takedown or a trip or something along those lines to keep him off balance. But that's the way he's going to have to make it slow, slow the more athletic and the faster fighter down by grime and being grimy on him. Kind of how I was talking about with Arnold Allen and Cater. Cater's a technician. Well, Allen's got to get on him and hang on him, make him, make him work out of every position. and I think if Tim Means can do that and slow Max Griffin down, he'll have a good chance of getting that win.
0: Uh, what's next?
1: Sorry, my eyes are bad. <laughs>
0: Check. yeah <laughs> you got waldo cortez acosta versus jared vandera at the heavyweight this is one of those ones you're looking at look at cortez acosta is the guy coming up undefeated seven and and0 i believe at the time vandera has been in there in the ufc for a little bit he's got the background there but i think that uh they're looking at cortez acosta who we've seen fight True. before as oh this is a guy that could possibly be you know part of the future in the heavyweights he's got good stand-up he will go to the ground I think with Vandera it's going to be more of a stand-up fight overall Mm -hmm. I think uh you're going to see them slugging it out look Vandera's got a shot at landing a big uh you know a a big haymaker he's got heavy hands he doesn't kick a whole lot he will kick at times he's got a good chin but we're going to see what happens this heavyweights all it takes is one you know, John, I'm gonna skip
1: over the Josh friend, was it friend fight and the Tristan uh, was it Trishon, uh Gore. I like the, yeah, the Dustin Gore. I like mm-hmm. the Dustin Jacoby fight versus Khalil Roundtree. Yeah,
0: and I like also the that's a great. fight. I also
1: like the Phil Hawes and uh, the Litsy fight. The great fight, yeah. those two fights. But I mean, go ahead. Let's go ahead and talk about the uh, Jacoby
0: fight and Roundtree fight. First off, look at Khalil Roundtree came up as a kickboxer, Josh. You know that. Yep. And he lived off of his kickboxing. And it was always guys that were able to take him to the ground were the guys that gave him problems. You know, you remember when they brought in Gohan Saki? Yep. Remember when Gohan Saki, you know, Gohan Saki, part of freaking K1 and Glory and all those things, Mm -hmm. you know, killing everybody. Who'd they put him against? Oh, they were going to, you know, send Khalil Roundtree out there as a sacrificial lamb. And he knocked him the fuck out. (laughs) Khalil Roundtree... He's, he's got power fucking fight in the stand-up. And he's got he does have power and he's got fast hands. You know, and he times things well. Dustin Jacoby, been a kickboxer his entire life. He is on a run now. What is it was he, six fight win streak in the UFC? Pull up Dustin Jacoby's record for me, Dave. I can't remember if it's five or six, but I'm thinking it's six. Jeez. This guy, you know, you talk about you know, I I love the, the name. Is oh, it actually, four? No, 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 because you, he had the you draw, draw. Okay. But so take a eight, look huh? without it. One, two, three. What is that?
2: Eight.
0: Eight wins with one draw against Kutalaba. Man, and that was one where he was putting it on Kutalaba and it ended up being a draw based upon a 10-8 round that he got. But he's been fantastic for the UFC. He keep, you know, They keep putting him in fights. He, he's never turning anything down. This is a great matchup. It's gonna it should be a stand up fight. Yeah. Dustin will I think try to actually take it to the ground more than Khalil mm-hmm. will, but I don't think it's gonna be often. But this this is a this should be just a fun, fun fight.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be an exceptional fight. Roundtree is someone that doesn't like to take a step backwards. He's not going to try to let someone bully him nope. around. He will try to land the big shots. He will try to bully him around. It should be a fun fight. I think look for action pack from beginning to end. These guys come out, take the center of the cage, and whoever starts moving backwards is potentially going to probably start losing this fight. The uh, Phil Hawes versus Roman DeLitz. What How do you say his last name? Delitz? the lit the the us uh, the uh phil hall's been looking good i know he had the fight with uh with Duran, you know and he was getting into it with dc in the center of the cage <laughs> uh i know there's a little respect yeah, DC, afterwards DC he Lewis handled played. that well he handled it better than a lot of people yeah, would have handled that well he handled it brilliantly yes he did he handled it well. you didn't beat me <laughs> Just remember that. Dude, you didn't fight me. (laughs) Just remember that. I don't know who you think you're talking to, son. But no, yeah, it was right. No, it was good though. Good stuff. Uh, Phil Hall's looking good though. His stand-up looked clean in that fight. His his ability to stuff takedowns, get takedowns. He's he's a talented wrestler. He's got he's got good power. He just had that one performance. I can't remember who it was against where he just hung out against the fence, and it was like one of those fights that everyone's like, What is this kid doing? He's got all this talent. He's had
0: multiples
1: of them. Uh, did he? He's had multiple. I only of saw it. that one because I didn't really care to watch him after that for a bit. But then he had a, he had a, a couple of
0: fights. He, Phil Haas came out. If you remember, he was like the second coming of John Jones <laughs> because he trained with John Jones. Yeah. And it was, I think they actually wrestled at the same junior college. <clears throat> and everyone was looking for him, and he came on the Dana White Contender Series. And he got freaking toasted. Yeah. You know, and it was like, well, I don't want to say he got toasted. He got beat in that fight. And then he got a couple of fights in there that every time they tried to put him in there, just didn't, you know, wasn't able to perform. And it was almost like, you know, there's those guys that you look at and you go, man, in the gym, this guy is phenomenal. Yeah. But you put him under the lights and they start to just tense up and they just don't flow the same. Well, he's, he's got it now. He's not worried about the lights. You know, he, he came into Bellator. He got a couple of good wins. He went back to the UFC and he has done very well. He's had a couple, you know, minor setback there, but a couple fights that were, he was, you know, in trouble on, you know, a couple of them came back. He's really in a flow right now, but he's going to have a tough go. He, he does see, he does tend to get a little tired. Yeah. And that wrestling tends to tire him out. Well, He's got a guy in Roman that's going to work on that cardio with some wrestling. Yeah. John,
1: Andre Orlovsky is fucking still doing the thing. (laughs) He's still doing the thing,
0: man. He's amazing.
1: He's fighting uh, Rodrigo de Lima. Not a good
0: fight for him. No. It's not a good fight for him. But, 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 but. (laughs) John. Let me say this. Yeah, but, but, but. And like I'm the first guy that said I, you know, I would like to see Andre hang it up. Mm-hmm. But if you take a look at his record, oh, I get it. He's been winning. I know, I get it. You know, and it, he's got 54, what, 54 professional fights now, and in Let's his see. last five, he's four and one, isn't he?
2: Four, four and one. Yep. Four, man, four and one in his
0: last, and that one loss ben is to lost, Tom Aspinall. Lost. Yeah. OK, so it's not like, you know, he's been he's been fighting and he's been actually fighting well. And he he changed his style of fighting. He went from being a guy that was a knockout artist type of fighter to, hey, I don't have the chin to stand yeah. there and throw haymakers against someone else throwing haymakers. I need to box and I need to just put volumes, volume on people and get my wins, and it's been working for him. And so I got to look and say, I don't think that, you know, first off, the man he's fighting in Dilema, big puncher, yeah. big power. Yeah. And if he lands one on Andre's chin, Andre's going to sleep. Yeah. But if Andre can move and slip and just keep on tagging him, Dilema does get tired. And if he gets tired, he's got a chance. Dilema w- will possibly take the fight to the ground doesn't seem to do it a lot he tends to like to use his power we'll see if he tries to take andre down Andre's not easy to take down so he was for tom aspinall in the one <laughs> that was that was a nice job by tom aspinall yeah. but you know i i just look at him i just want andre to be happy i want him to you know enjoy his life and if this is what you know he wants to do right now and and he's being successful which you gotta say josh he's being successful You know, he's not, it's not like he's on a, you know, how many times have we seen guys that are on a six fight losing streak and we're going, oh man, he's fighting again. Yeah. That's not good. No, I get it. I get it. Look, he's getting
1: some wins. There's a little bit of history. There's obviously a lot of history there with the UFC that they seem like they, when they brought him back, they understand that it's hard to find good heavyweights and he comes out, he has been fighting. He's been fighting well. He's adjusted his style to, to become successful. Not a lot of fighters can do that. Not a lot of fighters have found no. ways to once he something's not going his their way. way. Yep. And to become successful again. He's done it. So um I mean, he's had, Does he have another title he's run? He's had in some... him? No. 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 There's no there's no more title he's had run some in him incredible but incredible fights.
0: Yeah. He has. He has. Do you remember his you uh, remember fight with I, Travis Brown? Yes, I do. Chase Sherman was good. "Do you yeah. remember his fight with Travis Travis Brown?" oh my god it was unbelievable you know he had travis on skates throughout that and then all of a sudden travis drops him you know know. and it was like oh my god and then he got he came back i mean he's just had some uh, amazing fights in his career yeah i know he has i mean
1: and he's he's a history man he's he's a a big part what his first ufc was what 23 28 28 28. UFC twenty eight, right? It was his first UFC fight? UFC yeah, I remember. I remember walking. I yep. remember walking into f- UFC thirty two. I think it was in Miami. That well, was forty two. UFC thirty something. I remember walking yeah. in. And he was there, and I was like, "Holy
0: he, shit, this guy!" Oh, dude, fucking... I was, I was, he fought, he fought Aaron Brink at UFC twenty eight and he armbarred him. But yeah. my son, I, I took I took my oldest son Ron in the back. I'm trying to think of who he was going to fight. It was um. Not sure if it was. I'd have to look at the thing, but it was in New Jersey at the boardwalk. Uh,
1: well, let's see. There'd be Aaron Brink was his first it was fighting, right? I think
2: Probably it was Justin Isles.
0: Heavy yeah. hitters. Where was that at? Atlantic City, New Jersey. Yeah. Hello, boardwalk. There, yeah. that's the one. And that was when he he actually used to like, you know, dye his hair, and it was he had a little long. He looked like a lion. Yeah. My son goes in the back and he, and I introduce him to him. Right. And he looks and he goes, that's the scariest man I've ever met in my yeah. life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he
0: goes, he's got the biggest head I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> he is the first guy that came out with like those fang mouthpieces. Right. And he oh, that was awesome. He became yeah. famous because of that, because during that vampire. time, like the vampire movies were starting to come out. And then he had the fang oh, mouthpieces, yeah. and then he had the long hair that went with it. And he was like, he was built like a Greek God. I was like, Jesus, man, yep. the, the, just you could see like the the striations of muscle in his abs and his chest. And I remember thinking this guy, I can't believe he's fighting a heavyweight like he so lean, <laughs> but he was so tall. He was a big guy. But man, he was he was fucking he was so explosive. I remember how he. He fucked up uh, Justin Eilers Just destroyed him And then I remember Paul Bonatello His oh, game God, plan yeah. Paul Bonatello was one of my friends Trained with me all the time Came out trying to put it on him right away And got clipped And I was like
2: hey, wait, Is he out? Boy oh, did I get out.
1: booed for that one? Oh no you, I got was, booed It was well deserved <laughs> It was <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was well deserved No No one saw a, that shot No, no I one didn't, I didn't see it either Yeah Yeah, Right on the inside He was side. out Yeah he was out
0: He was Oh yeah he yep. out, right? So I go and stop it, and he's trying to say I'm okay. And he's doing the no. the curly shuffle. That thank God he thank God he was wobbling like that because that kind of settled people down. Like oh, maybe he got hurt. Yeah. And then they see the replay, they go oh. oh,
1: yeah. Because I remember in that fight camp, Paul Bonatello, his whole game plan was I'm gonna put pressure on him right away. I'm gonna try to make him go backwards. He doesn't fight good going backwards. But Paul didn't have the power to get him to go backwards. Paul kind of startled right. him a little bit from the get-go, and then then you realized, or last, was like, dude, I'm not letting this guy push me around. Whap! And it was over. It was quick. The whole fight, I think, was like 15, 18, 19 seconds. Fif- 15, 15 seconds. 15 seconds. 15 Jeez, seconds. Man. Yep. That'd be like if me and podcast Dave. Yeah.
0: <laughs> More history. Uh, he,
1: <laughs> we got the young kid, Chase Hooper, who's now starting to kind of fill into his body a little bit. His last fight, he looked he like is. he was putting some muscle on. Chase uh, gave yep. me a hard time only a couple weeks back, and uh, you know, so I let him have it on Twitter. And then, uh, but yeah, good stuff. I like the kid. I'm ex- I'm expecting him to have you a also, good career.
0: You got ugly man Joe Holmes. who I always enjoy. is a good guy from Texas. Joseph Holmes is fighting Jun Yong Park, who is very tough, very durable. That's going to be a very good matchup at middleweight. That'll be an actual, you know, a tough fight for both. They both have a style that Joseph Holmes comes out, and he tries to finish his his opponents, and so does Park, so that should be great. Is his nickname the Ugly Man, or do you just call him that? No, that's his nickname, the Ugly Man. He's not ugly, but that's his nickname. Yeah, that's his nickname. Okay, okay, okay. Joseph the Ugly Man Holmes. John, you must really know this kid to be calling
1: him ugly. All right. All right, well, hey, uh, (laughs) Podcast Dave, what else you got for us, man? That's going to wrap up our UFC, what is it? What did you say? 23?
2: Vegas 63.
1: Vegas 63. Vegas 63, that's going to wrap up our talk. That main event's going to be fire, I think. I think they're both going to come out, lay it all on the line. And you know, John, I'm not working this Italy show, but you are. So I know you've done a lot of research on these guys, because I have done jack all on these guys. None at all. So I know probably the red corner, (laughs) and you'll probably know all the blue corner because you looked them up.
0: So let's go ahead and start off with the main event. Okay, so Adam Piccolati, You can talk about, I'll tell you what. You talk about the red corner and I'm going to counter with my blue corner,
1: though. All right. Let's see. Let's go. I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how I'm going to try to counter your counter because I don't, probably don't know the guys on the other side. <laughs> they're, they're... So, um, look, Adam Piccolotti, he's been going through a lot of injuries lately. I'm hoping to see the original Adam Piccolotti that came into Bellator. Great grappler. Stand up still is always needs a little bit of work. He seems a little bit still uncomfortable on his feet. But he's, he's a, what he does very well. And we saw that with the Sydney Outlaw fight where he tore his knee out in that fight, but he scrambles better than almost any other fighter I've ever worked with. When he hits the ground, it's he needs never to over. And that's what he's going to have to do from what I understand in the conversation with you about Mansour. I don't even know how you say his last name. Barn, Barnouille? Barnouille. 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 But Adam Piccolotti is a fantastic grappler. He's, he works really well. I've seen him multiple times with with Islam Makachev, Habib, all the other, uh, Dagestan fighters out of there, uh, Mabadov and and Abubakar. He will give them good rounds, good scrambles, good work. He is fantastic in those scramble positions where he ends up on top. It's where he feels uncomfortable is on the feet. His low level, he lowers his level real well and gets in on the deep double leg, knows how to scramble to a top position when it comes to the jiu-jitsu portion of it and the wrestling portion. But in that, in that standup, he leaves himself open a little bit, but John, you're telling me that this young guy here, who's not, he's not to be overlooked at all.
0: No, no, no. Look at Mansoor Barnaweil. I don't believe you know. There's a lot of people out there that are not going to know this guy. This guy has fought some studs. His only, life, he's never been finished in a fight. Has fought guys like Islam Makachev. I'm telling you, I watched the Islam Makachev fight twice and he had islam in trouble in a lot of that he and and he mentally he had islam in trouble at mm-hmm. times and you could see it because there were some things going on he was being a little dirty and islam was not used to it mm-hmm. got him into triangles <coughs> put he mounted islam at a, at one point he swept him i believe four times in that fight i was like amazed at his ability to reverse position go ahead
1: Let's clarify this though. This is back when they were like 2019-2020. Yes, it's
0: 10 years. This is a while They are both tw- 20, 20 and I believe I believe Barnawi was 20 and uh I believe that Islam was 21 at the time. So, this, is a, this is a while back. This is a while back. Is m one global? That one is. But it really showed a lot because you know they they both have improved because I you know again, I get to watch Islam now and I get to, and I've watched Mansour. The my real question with Barnawi is his last fight Josh was in road fc it was for their lightweight million dollar tournament he won it and he hasn't fought in three years since it. that million dollars now he won a million dollars that's okay and i'm I'm okay with that but i want to know all right what's the reason for the comeback what's the reason as far as that you didn't fight in that time you know maybe it was he had injuries and he was getting rid of them and i don't know But I will tell you, this guy is long. He's got a reach advantage that Adam Piccolotti is going to have a hard time getting through. His arms, I would say that, you know, I can't tell based upon his shoulder girth, but his arms are super long. He has a beautiful front kick that he throws. He will stand in exchange. And, you know, I've never seen a guy hit him with a shot that he reacted poorly to. He's got a great chin. His ground game. Is, uh, is just fantastic. He's got more freaking rear naked choke uh, submissions than you can believe as far as... I, I believe when he was at Road FC in that tournament, he choked everybody except for one out with a rear naked choke. The guy's good. He's great at getting the back. He's slick at getting the back. We've seen guys like Yamauchi against Adam Piccolotti slip around and get the back when mm-hmm. Piccolotti was not feeling... Uh, in trouble. But the one thing that I really look at with this is Adam Piccolotti and you watch him with Sidney outlaw. He needs to understand. I cannot stop in the scramble. I can never just get to the point where I'm going to just let this be. He's always got to win those scrambles because on the inside, in the clinch, this guy will remind you of Anderson Silva with the plum and the knees and his knees are nasty. He throws, I mean, heavy, hurting knees. He drops guys with his knees. This is a guy I didn't really know who he was. you know. And in watching this guy fight, this is what I, you know, when we talk all the time. Dude, there's guys, there's people out there that are fighting that are unbelievable that you've never seen. Well, this is one that I had never seen. This guy mm-hmm. can fight. So, like,
1: let he's got four losses, but his four losses, one is to Kevin Lee, one is to Islam Makachev, and one is to, the other one was to who?
0: Mateus Gamro,
1: who oh Gamro, Mateus Gamro. So Gamro, yeah. Gamro, 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 and then there was another and, uh, one. I, Ivan he...
0: Boucher is the other one. Yeah, Ivan Bichera so, is four the other one who's are... a great fighter and four yep. guys that are just killers. You know, and, and, those are his four. And all all of those except I want to say Ivan Boucher is somewhere. With, I think he, Ivan Boucher was, was the last one, and it's somewhere around 2014. Got it. it might be 2015. I wonder why
1: he hasn't fought. Oh no, Gamro is,
0: and that was in. 2016 because there was back-to-back that's yeah. right
1: i wonder if he ran out of money <laughs> i don't know if he I did mean, congratulations yeah right <laughs> i hope you had fun
0: enjoying you had your fun, life man.
1: well we'll see what happens in that fight uh, what other fight you got on this
0: ah uh, you look you got fabian edwards and charlie ward that's really when you're looking at it you're looking at technician against brawler yeah uh the the sal rogers versus tim Wilde will be interesting tim Wilde is a, a tough individual sal's incredibly strong yeah and if you can get into tim and take him down he's going to maul him on the ground
1: well the uh, way the i look at that, you the know the way I've, that i look at that fight though john but, is that sal rogers he will tend to slow down he will take he throw he carries a oh, lot yeah. of muscle he has got up to 55 now but he carries a lot of muscle he does slow down and as this fight goes on, if Tim Wild, he's that guy that bounces around in front of you, makes you miss, makes you work. He'll he'll concede the takedown, pieces you up. but he'll make you work from the top position to hold him down. He'll try to knee and elbow you. He'll fight from every direction. Tim Wild's one of those guys. He's kind of a little wild, but he makes you work in so many different areas. The salt water is going to have to be able to find a way to slow him down, control him, hold it, get to his back and control the position. Don't try to force anything. Just keep that back control or keep the mount. Tim Wilde's going to make him work. And so he's going to, Saul Rogers going to have to make sure he doesn't blow his wad in those first two rounds because that third round could end up being a 10 8 if you let Tim Wilde have his start setting the pace. Should be a fun that's fight.
0: That's true. Justin Gonzalez coming off of a narrow win against Kai Kamaka going against Andrew Fisher, mm-hmm. a guy that's got a ton of talent as far as, you know, been in the game for a long time, older individual. You know, I don't want to say that, but it's just true. You know, was coaching, came back to fighting. But he's super talented and very good in the grappling game, very tricky in the stand up game. I just don't know the speed of Justin Gonzalez, the wrestling of Justin Gonzalez is going to cause Andrew Fisher. Justin
1: problems. didn't look all but that Davey great could- though against Kai Kamaka. He should have done more. He could have done more. Kai Kai posed some threats to him. He sk- he got yep. by by the skin of his teeth in that one. Justin Gonzalez, I think from I the from the Aaron Pico fight, he needs to continue to fight the way he fought Aaron Pico. You know I mean he did I know he came up short in that fight that's his one loss but he just needs to fight that way that's the that's the way he needs to fight because he he possesses all the talent the wrestling he possesses the top control he's got great stand up it's got clean stand up he's got great cardio and we saw that in the Pico fight cuz one thing that Pico has he's got cardio he will push you and try to break you oh. with his cardio and Justin Gonzalez was there with him the whole time he just couldn't get the the timing of what Aaron was doing the way that Aaron was mixing it up if he goes back to fighting that way, he's going to have a. There's going to be anybody in that 145 pound weight class having a hard
0: time staying with him because he's he's very talented, Justin right. Gonzalez is. I agree. David Gallon, who's just had an outstanding run in Bellator. Even before that, he's a. Uh, I want to say this. He's got a five fight win streak or so. Yeah. Maybe four or five. Going against Daniel Cotizzi. Very good on the ground. Fights out of SBG in, in Dublin, Ireland. But Guyon is five like five wins in a row one of those being that uh ross pearson rolling thunder kick he had the great fight against kane musa where he opened up a huge cut on musa knocked out charlie leary and you know charlie is a zombie hard to get rid of got rid of him fast so he's been on a roll you know it's gonna be interesting to see how he does he's fun he's fun when he when he he was in judo background uh, very very good judo
1: yeah, and then his his last fight was in May, right? We were in uh France, or in Paris for that, correct? Yeah, Paris, fantastic. Yes, we he's were. A, he's a performer. Lime bikes, baby. Lime bikes, baby. We fucking tore that town <laughs> up on the lime bikes. We tore it up. Um, he he's he's just fun. He's a fighter that when the crowd hits get when it gets rocking, he gets rocking. He fights off the energy yeah. of the crowd. So if you guys are listening to this in Italy. Make sure you guys let him know that you love watching him fight, and he will deliver. He's fun to watch, man. He's he's just all around good fighter. He's he's good off of his back. He's good at defending the takedowns, and he's definitely good on the feet. He's just fun. Great fight. Yep. yep. What's next
0: on that one on this card, Dave? So there's a.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Simon. I think the Beyond. one
0: fight that's really, yeah, the one fight that's really I'm looking forward to. And I, I don't know why it is in the position it's in, but Costello Vanstinus is on, uh, on his return. You're talking about a guy that is one of the best middleweights out yeah. there, going against another guy who is a stud in Camille. And I I know I'm going to screw this, Audenizhuk. But <laughs> what the hell he was is that? <laughs> I, I, I tried to listen to the uh, damn uh, ring announcer. Yeah. And the ring announcer spoke a foreign language, so I was like, well, that's not
1: freaking working. Yeah,
0: and I didn't learn anything from his name, but the, <laughs> the guy can fight, man. He's good, long, tall, lanky. He's got power in the stand-up. He's got good wrestling. He's got good wrestling defense. It's going to be a very good battle between Van Stinas and Camille.
1: Costello Van Stenis is down. probably one of my favorite fighters that we have ever signed in Bellator. Not only to me, is yeah, he's, he, he he's just has mean. that... huh? He's mean. Yeah, he's mean, but he never stops moving. He constantly tries to put the pace on you. He throws nasty knees and elbows from everywhere off of his back, from the top position in the in the clinch. He's a fun fighter. I'm a little concerned because he is coming back from that long layoff from the knee surgery. And so we saw him at the – not this last Dublin show, but the Dublin show before that, and he was just coming back from being able to walk and being able to do things. So I'm looking forward to his return – I don't understand why he is so low on this though. Seven five. Uh, yeah. yeah. That doesn't make any sense. You know, it doesn't make any sense. So, and then you also have Luke Trainer, who's way down there as well. Now I know Luke's coming off of his loss, oh, yeah. right? Luke's coming off that loss, his first one yep. of his
0: career. Coming off a loss of Simon Beyond. Yeah.
1: And Beyond is tough and he's up there. Beyond made it, started making up the rankings yep. a little bit. Not so much rankings, but up the card. And, uh, let me see who else is on this, uh, card here. Yeah. That's pretty much everyone that I would have known. Without having to look him up.
0: Well, right. you got you have a really good fight. And a guy you've watched a couple of times in Nicolo uh, Sully yeah. against Burama Kamara. If you remember who Burama Kamara is, he's the guy that you talked to um, Brian Miner, made the stop of the fight. Ah. That was the kid that was, he was he was getting beat. He, yeah. And had the big knockout against that guy that was uh, winning the fight. That yeah. kid's six foot four at a welterweight. Six foot four with an eighty inch reach. Trump. Jeez. Yeah, I mean he he was the one that was getting beat up,
1: right? And then came back and out the knockout. Yep. Yep. Yeah he he was on stilts for half that fight.
0: <laughs> he was, yes, he was. <laughs> he was on stilts.
1: I was like, holy shit! And then he came back, and I was like, man, but that was that was one of the most exciting fights that I had seen in a long time. It was a great fight. And uh it was back great and that's fight. how that that's how that Paris card kicked off was two big time fights. The first two fights just got the crowd going and that crowd was actually which was just crazy. Which was crazy. That crowd that that arena was almost full by the time the first fight started. It was that yeah. I'm gl- I'm thankful that that arena was almost full by the time that first fight started because those first two fights were probably the two best fights of the night outside of the main event. Or, sorry, the co-main <laughs> event. Yeah, I mean they were just it was good. Yeah. They were great fights. So I'm glad the crowd got to see that. Uh, Anything else on this card, John, for Bellator? Nope. That's good. Let's go. All righty. That's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. And let's get into some news, right? Is that what we got, Dave? Or we got, no, we have one other fight to
2: talk about. Nope. We got another card. Oh, we got another
1: card on the
0: same night. All on the same night. All on the same night. night. Big fights going on. You're going to be staying home watching fights. Showtime has Bellator. And then Jake Paul versus. Anderson Silva.
1: Am I, am I being forced to watch this? Really? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're not being forced to.
1: No, I can't. But you will. Now, John, you and I, we, we you know. I mean, like, we kind of part ways a little bit on this. I'm not sure yeah. that Anderson Silva is going to win this fight. I have a little bit of doubt. That's okay. I, understand I have why. a little bit of doubt. This, I, I, I don't know. Who do you think the faster fighter is going to be? I think it's going to be Jake Paul. Who do you think possesses the more power? I'm going to say Anderson. And who do you think is the the, 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 the grittier fighter? I'm going to say Anderson. But the yeah, explosiveness Anderson. and the speed and the footwork may pose a little bit of a problem. I look at how Jake Paul's been moving. I've been seeing some of the videos, you know, and he's been doing pretty well with this footwork. Now I know when you get in there against someone like Anderson Silva, who's got tons and tons of experience, leaps and bounds above Jake Paul and experience. There and, you go. And what, and what Anderson did to, uh, Tito Ortiz. I mean, not a ton of people have knocked Tito out and he slept him. He slept him quick. He slept him in a very tight quarters. Now, will Anderson press, try to press Jake Paul into that Mm -hmm. corner and make him fight from there? Or will he stay on the outside and try and play this whole, you know, you know, he likes to like turn his fist around like this and, and then snap the jab and (laughs) snap and move the footwork. But the ability to get hit on that chin, man, scares me that just it scares me at 47, 48 years old now. Ah, uh, and, and I hate here, here, to see it. our legends do these type of fights, man. It's just it drives me crazy.
0: My whole thing is this. You know, I've been there, you've been there. Yeah. You know, I I used to box with some guys that were professional boxers, really good, you know, fought for the championship. And when you f- you think you're a good boxer and you think you're all, oh, I can do things. And then you go in against someone that really understands how to create angles and how to make it to where you just don't feel like you have that good shot at them. You know, they're, they're bladed in a way and they're moving in a way that you never get yourself set to throw what you want to throw. You'll throw things off of it, but you never get that. Oh, plop, and you start to go. And, and, That's what I see is going to be, in my opinion, what Anderson's going to do against Jake Paul. Not that Jake Paul has not, you know, boxed against some boxers in sparring and things like that. Of course he has. But he's never done it in the ring under the lights. He's never had that person that was difficult as far as they had great footwork. They had great angles that they created. This will be the first guy that does it. Anderson can create beautiful angles. He's got good footwork. He's got good movement. And he understands distance very well. Nothing against Tyron Woodley. I love Tyron, but he was not a stand-up fighter, no matter what anyone wants to try to say. Yeah, but Ben Askren was. It's just not who he was.
1: Ben Askren was. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, or Nate Robinson was. Yeah. So nothing <laughs> against Jake Paul. Jake Paul has proved himself to be, He's a, he's a good boxer. Okay, he's a good athlete. boxer. He's not a great boxer. Oh, he's an athlete. Okay, he's an athlete. And, and he's young, and he does have some speed. But I'm not too sure. I'll, I'll give you, maybe he'll be faster than Anderson. Not much. Not much. And power-wise, I'll say it equals out. Okay, But knowledge-wise, yeah. huge difference. Huge difference in being out there and under the lights. And when you talk about... Now facing someone that understands how to create openings in a specific way, a guy that understands movement and how to use distance, I think it might be a different fight. I'm hoping. (sighs) How's that? Yeah, I
1: mean... (laughs)
0: Look, I understand what you're saying. I sparred
1: with this guy; He was undefeated. He started; he was nine and zero when I started sparring with him. I think by the time I quit sparring with him towards the end of my career, he was like fourteen and zero. His name was Ricardo Pinedo. Good boxer. Came out of B Street Boxing uh, with Eddie Crawford, or, yeah, Eddie Crawford, and those guys. So he was up there. Great yeah. talent, young guy. But the level between sparring with him, who was a professional nine and zero all the way up to fourteen and zero, mm-hmm. and sparring with Robert Guerrero was leaps was and bounds yeah it wasn't even That's close. the whole point it wasn't even close so i get what you're saying when i spar with robert guerrero i was his first four rounds and he toyed with me as a warm-up i was his warm-up rounds yeah then he did another you know eight rounds with somebody else with two other guys that were top level boxers yep you know that came in just yep. all they did was boxing so i understand what you're talking about jake paul's got his work cut out for him and I agree with you, but look, the one thing is Jake's only got to hit him once right on that chin. Now, the other, it can go the other sure. way around too. I know the Anderson's only got That's to hit him whole once point. right on that chin. But when I'm looking at the yep. youth, youth is going to play a huge factor on who gets knocked out. His chin, Anderson's little chin at 47, 48 years old. It doesn't matter who you are. That chin is not the same. It's just not the same. Jake will be able to take a lot more shots, a lot more cleaner shots. He'll be able to try to work his way out of that. Now, Anderson, what one thing is Anderson is it's a fucking finisher. He gets you in trouble. He, you're, he's gonna find a way to get you out. He's very accurate with his shots. He uses his footwork to make sure that he stays out of your line of sight after he does rock you and hurt you. He will create, like you said, different angles to make you to keep you guessing on which direction the punches are coming. He's also someone maybe he won't do it, maybe he will. But he'll switch dances on you and make you fight different ways and see where you're at. You've said this a couple of times. He's somebody that will switch and switch and switch and move. And he'll let you do whatever you want for the first round or first three minutes of the first round. And then as he figures you out, figures out your timing, he fucks you up. So I could see that potentially happen. I do. I could see that. But in this, what is this, an eight round fight? Well, it doesn't say. I think it is. I think it's an eight round fight that's a Should that's a, a that's a lot of rounds are they two it's eight yeah. rounds how many how, how long are the rounds three minutes oh they're yeah, three minute no, rounds no, three no. minute rounds okay yep. i mean yep it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough task for jake paul i understand that but i just get the feeling that he's gonna be able to catch him on the chin
0: i think i think anderson's yeah, gonna let me, be able let me, to let me, let me ask you this let me ask you this when you have someone and that and nothing like i said not, i'm not putting jake paul down at all he's done really well but he's shown he's one dimensional. Yeah. He doesn't have much of a left hand. Okay. His jab is not something you have to be really concerned with. No. It's not a fucking, you know, a piston like jab that really fucking pops you back or anything like that. He uses it to paw out. To do what?
1: Set up his right.
0: Throw a big looping right.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. You think Anderson's seen something like that before?
1: Nah, no, not really, probably in his whole career. He probably hasn't seen many of them. Okay, no problem. Right. <laughs> probably right. No, I, I, get what you're saying. Like you said, there's, there, there are levels to this and Anderson's got all the experience. He can do this, I think, in his sleep in terms of the cardio and the length. He takes care of his body, takes care of yep. himself, all of those things. Um, Jay's going to have to make it. He's going to have to pressure him. I don't, Anderson does really well, well at covering you know trying to keep his chin protected stuff, but sometimes he does showboat sometimes he does leave himself open in terms of being a being a showman um we saw that with the Chris Wyman first fight and it cost him so i, I don't i don't i hope there's too much ecstasy for him to 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 do something like that but i also think that's what keeps him relaxed in there
0: it does you know the, here's here's the greatest thing that tells me Anderson Silva is going to win the fight Oscar De la Hoya picked Jake Paul Nah. Okay? And he's always wrong. Yeah.
1: So I'm going, That's so funny. I'm going spider. That's like okay. fucking Drake. Whoever Drake bets on, bet against that guy. Oh, whoever Drake bets on you, yeah. go the other way. Fuck. <laughs> the one thing I am encouraged by is that Anderson Silva looks a lot bigger. Not, I mean, like, not in terms of, but he looks size, length, this, reach. This will be
0: the biggest, the biggest yeah. person that Jake Paul, Yeah, now we, we, when he was going to fight, his last one that fell apart. Fury. Tommy that would Fury. have been the biggest individual. What's it? No, not Tommy, Tommy. Fury against. Um, oh, Rockman. Rockman. Yeah. Yeah, Rockman. That yeah. would have been the biggest. That would have been someone that was truly bigger than Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. Anderson's bigger than Jake Paul. Yeah, not by much, but he is. He's bigger. Not yep. by much, but he's bigger. He's taller. He's definitely taller, and he's he's going to weigh more. You know. Anderson, you know, made 185, but he cut a lot to get to 185. He walked around at 210 most of the time. And he'll be about 210 for the fight. You watch. He'll make what other fights on this card? Go to 210. I saw the Uriah Hall and Le'Veon
1: <coughs> Bell Nothing fight on that, that one, one there as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chris Avila, Avila, he's on here as well. Chris Avila. <laughs> That's Avila. It's it's it. it. Avila. I like yeah, yeah, and then you got Uriah Hall versus yeah. Le'Veon Bell. Both O and O
0: as boxers yep. in terms of professional boxing. But this Wait, should be what? Fun. Uh, was, was his against uh, Adrian Peterson, was that an exhibition?
1: I believe so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, okay. <laughs> they're O and O. Yeah. So I think Uriah should, Uriah, I think, is going to be the smaller guy. Le'Veon's a big guy. But it should it should be a fun yeah. fight. It should be a fun fight. <laughs> I'm interested sure to see. Uriah should be able to touch him up. But we've seen Uriah not fight to his
0: potential. I, I I watched Levy, and he's he's all right. It's not right? going to be an easy go, but Uriah no. should should win that fight. Should.
1: All right, next. Yeah. What else you got for us, Dave?
2: <clears throat> all right, the last thing we're going to cover today is Bellator announcing that they're doing a Bellator versus Ryzen fight at the end of the year. What do you think?
1: John, I got to be honest, man. Fans myself fans people all they talk about is co-promotion all they talk about is i want to see this guy fight this guy i'm i gotta be honest this is this is something that that is gonna have to this is gonna start to separate
0: these these this promotions is the greatest thing that has happened in the world know. of mma in uh, the last five years I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little hesitant. I, why? I th- don't I, you love that that Ryzen is saying we believe in our guys. We no, want to I, prove that our guys are the best. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Bellator
0: is saying we believe in our guys. I mean, because they're not taking neither one's taking chump change and putting them out there. They're putting no, they're putting champions, freaking guys that are holding titles. Yeah, they're putting guys that are holding titles. Yeah. This isn't when we talked about it's
1: freaking unbelievable, Josh. So when I talked I was on, when I was on Rogan, I said, Hey, why don't we take fighters from each? And then and Joe's like, Oh, why would you do that? Like, why would the UFC do it? And I agree. That's fine. But I said, well, they don't have champions fight. Have like your number two or your number three. Like here we, I talked the other day about trades. I said, Robert Whitaker, hasn't been able to beat Izzy. Let's go ahead and trade Robert Whitaker. For somebody that's young and talented, maybe a Fabian Edwards, switch them over. See what happens. Like, give me Robert good, Whitaker yeah. because Robert Whitaker, I can build something in our promotion, build a name value, and you get a young talent that potentially is going to rise to the top that you'll have for a lot longer that can bring you in more money. Something like that would be, would, you know, to me was was exciting. This is another level of excitement because I'm excited for it. And I think this this could potentially change the game. If promotions like PFL, Bellator, and Ryzen decide to start all doing this with each other. Thank you. It it could start to change the game. It could start really getting rid of this monopoly of the UFC. It could. It it just, like, this is a big jump. This is a big jump for both. This is a big risk for both promotions. Because if you. Big uh, risk for both. It's huge. Because when they talk about, oh, the UFC has so much to lose. That's why they don't do it. Why would they do it? That's fine. Both promotions right now are putting out. AJ McKee is going to fight the hunt, the lightweight champion over there. I can't remember his name. Satoshi, I think is what his name is. But that guy is fantastic. That's the dude. He, he's
0: he's Hato- a hell Hato-
1: of a fighter. Hato- I can't remember how you say his name. Hatoshi. Hato- is it Hatoshi? Hato- okay. So if you look I up. Hato- I think it is. Dave, can you look it up for me, please? But you're going to have AJ McKee, who's just had his first fight at lightweight, is fighting now yep. their champion. He just had his first fight at Lightweight. Now he's fighting their champion over yep. there on foreign soil on New Year's Eve. Now, look, I fought there on New Year's Eve. You don't fight. Yeah. And obviously, that'll probably be the main event. What's his no. name? Yeah, Satoshi. No. I no? I, I'm no? no. I thought it
0: was... No. Right here?
1: This guy? Hold on, let me Yeah, see. I think it is Satoshi. Satoshi, I think it is him. Roberto Satoshi? Yeah. Yep, I believe That's so. Him. Yeah, he's the one. He's the one that beat uh Musayev. Musayev. He's beat Tofik Musayev. I think I believe he submitted him. So he's gonna fight. He's gonna fight AJ McKee. That's a tough fight for AJ McKee. And AJ McKee's just coming sure off is. of his first fight at lightweight. Like I said, that's a tough fight. Now, when you go over to Japan and you fight, odds are they're probably gonna be either the main event or the co-main event. They won't fight till four in the morning. That's not easy as an American to go there and fight someone you know you're not going to fight till four in the morning, five in the morning. And what they do, and I'm just being honest, they're going to have A.J. McKee there from 10 a.m that day he'll yep. be at the arena. He'll be there at 10 a.m that day, and he actually won't fight obviously till right before midnight in Japan. He will be in the back on these little tiny straw mats with nothing else but plastic chairs. And straw mats to sit on, and they're gonna bring you out sushi that's and been a bento rotten, box and a bento box that's been raw and sitting outside for like two days. Yeah. So, all of that stuff being said, he's got his hands full with uh, Satoshi. It's gonna be a tough fight for him. Now you've got uh, Horaguchi who's also fighting. You've also got Juan Archuleta who's fighting. Patricio Pitbull that's right. is fighting one. of Is fighting their champion over there at 145, I believe. Yep. So it's champion versus phenomenal. champion. I, I get it, John. I get it. You could walk away though with you could walk you away could. with four of your fighters. It's a gamble. Four of your top fighters losing. losing. And the reason why I said it, it's hard to fight there because of the time change. They're gonna have a hard time adjusting. I would recommend them all getting out there at least ten days ahead of time, get plenty of sleep, get on routine, and then fight. The only guy that I've ever seen go out there and have success that didn't do that was Joaquim Hansen because he's a fucking nut job. That guy <laughs> would crazy. show up. He, the guy would show up. He would up show the, up
0: the day of the fight. Yeah, the, the, the day of the way The day the weigh in, he'd show up there.
1: like that morning, yep. weigh in, go do it, like smoke a couple cigarettes, eat some food, and then fucking go and fight yep. the next day like an animal. Fucking savage. Yep. Um, I had a hard time adjusting. I, the second time I went out there, I fought on New Year's Eve against Kawajiri and I had a hard time. Getting adjusted to the time, the time on it. It was hard. It was difficult. Yeah, I didn't yeah. fight till almost five in the morning, you know, on the U.S. time. So it was a little bit different, and difficult. And they get you there so early. That's the hardest part too. You there at ten a.m. Yeah, I didn't. They fight do. I was the co-main event. I didn't fight till I didn't fight till like right before eleven thirty. So you're there all day. Bring a sleeping bag. Bring some pillows. Make yourself comfortable. Take a nap. Bring a lot of water. Bring a lot of yep. water. Yep. Bring your own food. That's I thing. tell guys
0: all the time, if you're oh, you're going to fight there. Let, let me just give you a list. Yeah. It's, I, and a lot of people, oh, it, trust me, it no, happens. It does. And it's, it, you know, I love, I love fights in Japan. I love the Japanese people as far as the crowd. Oh, yeah. The promoters themselves, they will act as honorable as they can, but trust me, <laughs> they're going to try to cheat in any fashion oh, they can man. to I get their it. people a win. That's just what they do. Yep. And you have to be prepared for it. You can't let it get you mad and you have to know how to deal with it. Yep. It's just part of the game. Yep. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm I excited for it, but I'm not for I think it's a fantastic it. thing. Well, I, I just look excited. at it and say, hey, man, this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It is great that you have a promotion in Ryzen and mm-hmm. the promotion in Bellator they say, you know what? We are willing to say, all right, let's see. Yeah. I would love for the PFL to do the same thing. I would love for one to do the same thing. You know, if the UFC doesn't want to do it, I understand. Okay, I'm not going to sit there and put them down or any, yeah. you know, anything like that. There's, there's a big gorilla out there. They can decide, you know, if they want to do that or not. Mm-hmm. But for others, how is it not great to see that talent intermixed? Because this is, you know, all the people sitting there saying stuff, you know. Look at the UFC right now. Yuri Prochaska. Is three fights off of being the Ryzen light heavyweight champion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Three fights, yeah. he was the ago. He was the Ryzen champion. That's when he sucked, according to everybody, because he wasn't fighting in the UFC. Now he's really good. Okay,
1: you know what's it's, funny? There's John, good fighters everywhere. Is I was texting with Coker the other day, and I said when he's he had sent me the flyer for this, probably about I don't know three or four days ago. And he's like, What do you think? Yeah. And I said, You're taking a big gamble. And he's like, Why do you think? And I'm like, Well, I said, It's a huge, it's a it's a big deal. I said, This is something that fans and fighters have always wanted. They've always wanted to fight in Japan. Yep. Because that they feel like that's kind of how this sport really started to take off was when pride was around. And then on top of that, there's a lot of nostalgia there for a lot of these these fighters that are coming up right now. Like, oh, I've I've always wanted to fight there. But I said, you're taking a big gamble because you could you could walk away with all your fighters losing. And you know what his response was, is, look, I put them in the best scenario possible to shine. Their job is to win. And as a promoter, he's you right. Can't, you can't ask for anything else. You have a promoter who is no. doing the best he can. to As put a you fighter, on a you can't platform. ask anything
0: more of your promoter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's not. He's not. He's not. I don't, he, I would say he's, he's not protecting them, but he is protecting them because he feels like, look, my guys can beat your guys. Now it's up to you to go out yeah. there and prove it. And he's always yeah. done this. You know, when I fought Kelly I was part of Strike Force. When Gilbert fought Aoki, he was part of Strike Force. He's brought over guys from Japan to fight guys in Strike Force and he's sent guys from Strike Force over to fight in Japan. That this is the way That's it's right. always worked. I mean, he sent me over there right when I came out of the UFC 2004. He sent me over there to fight in Pride Bushido. Fought over there. And then again, when I was in Strike Force, he sent me over there to fight Kalajiri. And then he brought Aoki over to fight Gilbert in, in Strike Force. He is willing to mix all these things up. He's willing to go ahead and take a chance. He's doing his job as a promoter to promote the fighters the best he can. And I can almost guarantee these, these fighters are getting paid. These fighters are getting paid. Oh, yeah. It's always, it's always happened oh, yeah. like that, where to do this show, they're going to do huge numbers in Japan huge numbers so um, it's going to be a big deal this is going to be a huge show and i this is where this is john this is where i'm going to talk about this right now is up to the media to do their fucking job their oh, job yes. is their job is to promote the shit out of this to let everyone know that this is what we've all wanted how how quiet are you guys going to be now this is your job to promote the shit out of the fact that two huge promotions with two extremely talented uh, group of talented fighters are mixing up with each other and bringing you some of the best fights you're going to see in two of the biggest promotions. It's up to them. Are you all just going to sit back and bite your tongues because you know you won't get credentialed at the next UFC if you guys cover this and build <laughs> this up? I just want to know. I'm calling all of you fuckers out. I'm calling every single one of you guys out. Are you going to do your job? Are you going to talk about... These two big promotions, champions versus champions, number one contenders versus another champion, they're bringing their best guys together to put on a show for everybody, for the fans, for the media, for everybody. Are you guys going to sit quietly? Are you guys going to talk about it? Are you going to do your job? That's my question. I'm throwing it out there to all the media. Are you guys going to do your job? We're going to find out. We're going to
0: find out who who has
1: the balls to go ahead
0: and say something. uh... I'm just glad you said that because I couldn't have said that. No, that I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, it. <laughs> nice beautiful. job, baby. Yeah, that's, so that's really what
1: it comes down to. Look, uh, we're, gonna wrap up for sure. we're gonna wrap up on all that positive talk right there. <laughs> we're gonna go to wayneandpodcast dot <laughs> com, pick up some of our merch. Who got? We got the hoodies, man. It's getting cold outside. It's actually cold here in California. I know it's cold where John is. He put an actual heater, a fireplace thing in his, in his little studio. We got a though. fireplace. He got a fireplace in his studio. <laughs> and so, uh, go to wananpodcast.com. And also don't forget to click on the link down below in the description to take yourself to our, our clips channel. There's extra shows that we do there. Hit that little bell. That bell will notify you when new clips drop. And John and I do extra content just for that channel that's not available on our main channel. It's also not sound bites from our our major show that we're doing with you right now. This is special content that we do for there. And so just make sure you hit that bell, hit the thumbs up, like that, hit the subscribe button there. John, take us away.
0: Well, we got a whole lot of fights coming up. There's a lot that's going to be going on. You should have a very entertaining Saturday with three different shows. I hope you watch all the fights with my man, Josh Thompson. I will be in Milan, Italy, (laughs) unfortunately, (laughs) actually working. So for everyone out there, I hope you enjoy the show and we will see you.